O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We pray you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word, we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe in Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you through my own fault, in thought, word, and deed, for the sake of the suffering, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me, forgive me all my sin, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord has granted us pardon and forgiveness of all our sins, grace for true repentance and amendment of life, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Old Testament lesson for the last Sunday in the church year is recorded in Isaiah chapter 65, beginning at verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die one hundred years old, but the sinner, being one hundred years old, shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall the days of my people be. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle is recorded in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 11. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are, are not of the night nor of darkness. 
Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Here ends the epistle lesson. The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter, beginning at verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for your our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, when you come in power and glory, we will see Eden's bliss restored. Grant that we may be counted worthy to behold and enjoy, according to your promise, the new heavens and the new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our sermon text is recorded in Isaiah chapter 65. Let us hear again verses 17 through 19 in Jesus' name. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem, as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Dear fellow redeemed, sometimes we know what we want so bad that we forget to explain what it is. Sometimes the dream is so clear or seem so real to us, but we have difficulty putting it into words. So it is also with the hope that is in us. We speak of heaven as a place where we all want to go, but we don't speak often of why we want to go there or what it will be like. In fact, even worse than not speaking about the hope that is in us, we fail to speak of the means of achieving that hope, the way to heaven. It's not that we don't know the way, but there are so many opportunities that we don't share with others the good news of Jesus Christ. We find many excuses not to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not that there's anything unclear about it, for it is all clearly and carefully laid out in the scriptures. How because of man, sin came into the world, and with sin came death. But God in his love did not let death be the end, but sent his son to overcome sin, death, and the devil. By his sacrifice, God's son brought to us forgiveness, peace, and eternal life. One excuse for not sharing this good news is that, well, they already know. Does it bother you to hear good news that you already know? Of course not. If you already know, don't you join in rejoicing with others over this good news? So when you share with someone who knows because they rejoice with you, you are built up. Some say it is because they don't know the right words. God promises to give the right words, so that's not the problem. That brings us back to the hope that is in us. And how do we picture heaven? Often we picture heaven as some good thing we'd like to do. It might be a lake filled with fish that every time the line goes in, a fish is on. For some, it might be mastering a challenging golf course. For others, a country road 
for riding motorcycles, perhaps a trail for riding horses. There are endless variety of good things that we can imagine that heaven is like. On the other hand, those who don't believe can't imagine anything good in our pictures of heaven. They ask us if we like to sing, and if we don't, then they tell us that heaven will be singing God's praises forever and ever. If they have heard us speak about how long church lasts, then they'll ask us why we would ever want to go to a place where all we would do is worship God forever and ever. In our text, Isaiah records a God-given description of heaven. From these few words, we are given a true idea of what heaven is like. In the new heavens and new earth, we will always be with God, our good shepherd. And that's a good thing. For to not have a shepherd is to be lost, alone, and facing death with no one to rescue us. Having a savior is much better than to remain enslaved to sin, death, and devil. And so we long to see the glory of God and the gathering of all nations and the life everlasting in Jesus Christ. We are looking forward to heaven. First, in heaven, painful memories will be gone. In this life, misconceptions about the last day in heaven go through our minds. We might wonder, won't it make me sad if a favorite relative isn't in heaven with me? Or is everyone on judgment day going to find out my dirty laundry, all my hidden sins? I'm going to be ashamed. Each of us has missed opportunities, made dumb comments, and done shameful, foolish things. In our text, God gives us some happy news. The former things will not be remembered. This is God's way of saying we're not going to have our nose rubbed in our failures. Isn't that good news? Through faith in Christ, our sinful record has been expunged and is covered with his perfect obedience. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. The painful memories of the past will be gone. I don't know how God is going to take away the sting of a loved one from our family who's not going to be there. Either God will selectively erase our memory or it just won't occur to us, or he'll make the memories cause no pain. I don't know how he's going to do this, but I have his word that the painful things will not come to mind. Instead, God tells us, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing. This is not a, a reference to the rebuilding of the earthly city of Jerusalem after its destruction in 70 AD or the reestablishment of the state of Israel in 1948. It is not God's intent to recreate the existing city of Jerusalem. Rather, on the last day, 
both the earth and the works that are done on it will be burned up. The word for create here means to make from scratch, from nothing that existed before. In the new heavenly Jerusalem, Revelation 21 tells us, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Our text continues. <clears throat> I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. Although each of us is nervous about our first meeting with God because through Jesus Christ, we are citizens of the new Jerusalem. It's going to be a happy reunion. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. All the things that make our lives hard and miserable are going to be lifted from us and we'll be freed from them forever. Isaiah then illustrates one of the most miserable parts of human existence, watching a loved one die. He uses the example of holding an infant who only lives a few days. I think that must be the worst pain anybody could ever go through. I can't personally think of anything worse, but that's never going to happen again. Life will go on forever without the invasion of the monster called death. Again, as Revelation 21 describes, death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Secondly, in heaven, our work is going to be a joy. Adam rebelled against God because he wanted to be in charge. One of the consequences of sin entering this world is that work became toilsome labor. A common misconception people have about heaven is that it's like 8 trillion years of retirement where you'll just lie around. God works all the time and you will too. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain. On the best days, you kind of enjoy working, don't you? Wouldn't it be wonderful if every day were like that? That's what God is designing for you. You will find work that clicks with your ability and passion, and you will love it. In heaven, our work is going to be a joy. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble, for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord. It saddens us to bring our children into a world that has more pain and cruelty and temptation than when we were growing up. Back then, we could maintain a certain innocence for a while. But today, our world forces children into the adult world way too fast. But never again are we going to have to fear and regret the world into which our families are plunged. Thirdly, in heaven, our relationships 
will be peaceful. What is the one thing that makes your life most difficult for you? Isn't it the people that you have to deal with on a daily basis? Think of the pain that certain people in your family have caused you. Think of others who have criticized you to make you feel small. Think of the hurt you have received and the hurt you have dished out to others. Think of the ways you're afraid of God because of your guilt. Fear makes you not pray the way you should. Fear and shame make you nervous about going to church because you feel like a hypocrite. Look forward to heaven where all of those things will be taken away. In this fallen world, it seems even nature turns on us. Hurricanes and tornadoes and fires rise up and smash down what we build and even kill us. Here's what God says. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The dangerous things that make us afraid will work the way God originally intended. It will be like living in a wonderful garden where nothing will threaten our lives ever again. Dust shall be the serpent's food. The serpent is Satan, who seems to own this planet. Sometimes he even seems to own our hearts. Satan has this incredible skill of manipulating you and me into sinning. Yet Jesus says that there is a time coming when we will witness the crushing of Satan and will share in God's righteous judgment of him. In hell, Satan will be a prisoner forever down in the lowest part of the lake of burning sulfur. He will eat dust forever and ever and will never bother us again. Repenting of your sin and trusting in Christ, your guilt and sins are washed away. All of us are nervous about our first meeting with God, but because we will be covered in the white robe of Jesus' perfect life and death, for believers, it will be a joyful experience. Jesus will take us to the place where Satan will never again cast a shadow over our lives. This is why we are looking forward to heaven. According to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. What a blessing it is to know and believe this for ourselves. But all around us, there is a world full of broken and hopeless people who need us to tell this to them as well. Share Jesus' hope with someone you know, someone who feels lonely, depressed, fearful, or hopeless. You can help someone find God's happiness in his or her own future so that they too are looking forward to heaven. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord of eternity and King of saints, 
All the heavens adore you. Saints and angels sing before you. We too join them to praise your majesty. You clothe us with garments of splendor. You bless us with grace and mercy in this life and eternal glory forever. What undeserved love you show us. We thank you, Lord, that you have made us your saints. Encourage us by your gracious promises. Forgive our failures to live as you desire. Strengthen the faith of all who are weak and wandering. Give us power to live as your faithful people. Your saints will triumph forever in new heavens and a new earth. The sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. We anticipate with joy an eternity of perfect fellowship with you. Be with us as we work and witness for Christ so that many more people can join us before your throne. Lord of life, the day is coming when you will come down from heaven with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. On that glorious day, the saints triumphant will rise in bright array, clothed in your perfect righteousness. Give us strength until that day when we shall share fully in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.